Because it's all about the hustle, right? You, I mean, you need the you need to pay your bills, right? So you're working while you're building and creating, which is which is a great way of doing it. You got right? to, yeah. you got to. I mean, yeah. it, it. Don't get me wrong; it burns a lot of energy. Oh yeah, but I mean, you, but you're you young. Know, you, exactly. That's the time to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I have no energy anymore. <laughs> I'm 40. Facts. So I'm with you. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm right behind you, man. All right. <laughs> the Vegas Forward Podcast delves into the lives of the people in our community uncovering not only what they do, but who they are. Business may keep our city strong, but it's the individuals that continue to create, innovate, and push Vegas forward. All right, welcome to the uh, Vegas Forward Podcast. Today we have Josh Molina, the um, owner and founder of Makers and Finders. Thanks thanks for coming on, Josh. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah. I want to kind of kick things off by you know telling me a little bit about your upbringing, like where you're from, um, you know, do you have siblings, your parents? Give me a little bit of background about that first. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a middle child, right? Okay. Um, I have uh, two other siblings, both brothers, older and a younger brother. I was born in New York City. Oh, cool. um, uh, first generation Colombian American. So both my parents immigrated to um, New York from, yep. from Colombia um, in like the early 80s, late 70s. Um, and yeah, just, uh, you know, in New York, I was there for the first like 12 years of my life, did elementary school there, uh, had a lot of family over there. You know, we're, we're kind of a collectivistic kind of family, like yeah. really big group of um, uh, cousins, aunts, uncles. So kind of one, one migrated over to Las Vegas and then slowly- Everyone comes out, right? Yeah, yeah, everyone, yeah. everyone came out. So yeah. that's that's always good, you know? Yeah. So Where'd I you was live able in to York? maintain the family connection. Uh, in Flushing, Queens. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, That's awesome. Queens, so. Yeah, I actually grew up in New Jersey, so I'm oh, like, nice. not too far away. But yeah, I, got, I got some good friends that live in, in Brooklyn and stuff, and it's it's awesome to say. Do you have fond memories of it? or? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I have a ton of memories, and I, I still have family over there, and I still go back. I mean, it's, you know, you know, New York City, it's like super awesome. inspiring and oh, yeah. energetic city, so it's always a good place to kind of re hit the reset button creatively, but yeah. um, a lot of great memories, friendships that... Still, you know, I still have to this day. One of my best friends from from New York just had a baby last week, so oh, you cool. know, we still stay connected. She's up in uh, the OC, but you know, it's definitely something that um, I'm rooted in 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 that for sure. Yeah, New York's such a great town. I have a good friend, like I said, that lives out there, and I have another friend that just went. And he's like, it's amazing. Like you can turn down any block, and there's a phenomenal restaurant or like even a hole in the wall kind of spot. You know, that has yeah. like bomb ass hot dogs or like whatever for sure you know it's it's and i always wonder how there's how people compete out there because it's just like an endless supply of right. just different places to go and things to do yeah um which is cool you know but um so when your family came out to vegas like who who came out first it was your parents or so it was uh i had an on an aunt and uncle that had yeah. already moved here first and then i think it was like a year after that we followed yeah. we stayed uh, literally the five of us uh stayed in my uncle's bedroom the first four months that we were in Las Vegas, all yeah. five of us crammed up oh, shit. in this little, in this little bedroom, um, in, in the house in the East side that my uncle lived at. And, uh, so that was, you know, that was a, that for sure, for me, that whole transition from like, you know, I was like 12 years old, like leaving everything oh, yeah. I knew and then, all your friends. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, this was back in 1998 or, um, and so, you know, just like the memories are so vivid because, you know, we were laying out a map on the floor, mm -hmm. you know, plotting out our cross country, country trip, highlighting the routes and yeah. talking about all this and brainstorming how we're going to do it. Um, and then actually leaving and like, you know, the, the, the bon voyage and yeah, looking yeah. at my rear view, looking in the rear <laughs> yeah, view mirror like, right? oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but definitely like a very impactful, I think, moment of my life that yeah. I think somehow comes back into play later on it all does yeah, yeah which is interesting yeah yeah that's awesome so what did your parents do when they when they moved here so my my parents are just you know my dad retired as a as a groundskeeper at unlv so okay my mom was in uh just uh admin hr for mm -hmm. uh, in medical so she worked at hospitals just you know that workhorse secretary that just paper pushing and incredible yeah. at what she does so she wasn't able she was a it was pretty easy for her to find work here. She ended up getting a job, um, you know, a few months after we arrived to Vegas at, at UMC. Okay. And she left UMC in 2017 to go and help me open uh, the downtown Summerlin location. So she oh, was wow. there for like 20 years. 
Or wow. a little less, yeah. That's awesome. And, yeah. and where'd you go to school out here? I went to, uh, <clears throat> so I went to Votech for the first couple, which I think it's now called something else. I think yeah. it's like Secta. Um, and then after Votech, I, you know, I was kind of a problem child in, in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was kind of rebellious and doing my thing. And I ended up going to, you know, kind of finding my way through the help of one of my best friends. He's like, he put me on to this, uh, this college high school, um, yeah. right? It was like summer vacation after sophomore year in high school at Votech. And I wasn't doing too good, like, you know, getting into the wrong crowd, like not taking school seriously, had a sure. shitty GPA. And then he's like, hey, check this out. Like, it's like college for free. Yeah. Um, they even pay for your books, your tuition, and you only have to be a junior or senior to, to sign up. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I, didn't, I really yeah, aimlessly just said, okay, went over there, heard about it so it's nevada state high school which now okay you know the hawks dr john and wendy hawk they they just retired actually but um they started this this charter school um that was a dual credit kind of deal and, cool. and they they started nevada state college up in henderson and um yeah I, I went in and i finished my high school diploma there nice and was able to walk out with you know junior credits almost wow yeah and then i saw you went to csn and then in the nevada state college i i went to actually uh, I went to Nevada State College for the high school program, and then I transferred to UNLV. Got it. Okay. And then I gra- and then I graduated with my uh, BA in psychology. But then I went to CSN after the- after I graduated because oh, I really? wanted to become a firefighter. So I took my EMT basic and interesting. Did that. Yeah. Okay. And so and so how far did you get along with the firefighting? Like- uh, I I did the the basic class. I did my ride alongs. I loved it. And then. You know, I did my um, my physical, my written, got all the way up to the the, the oral, uh, the, the the interview portion, and yeah. that's as far as I got. And I just lost steam. You know, I, the I like to do a lot of you know, I like to do a lot of different things, and I just fizzled. Yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> just ran <laughs> Sounds like my college. I, I grew up in New Jersey, so I went to Rutgers, mm-hmm. and then. Um, Transferred from Rutgers to University of Arizona. Oh no! And then just party too much and <laughs> got nothing done. That'd be so then I transferred to UNLV. You know, uh-huh. so and then the rest is history. But just like your family, I'm Greek, right? So like you know, we have similarities in the culture. And right. Once I moved out, then my mom moved out, then my cousin, and it's like everybody moved out. Yeah. So it's like kind of the unit always stays together, right? Yeah. Which it's is important, cool. man. It I is. Yeah. So. yeah. It's nice having family around. Yeah. So what? So UNLV, you did psychology. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I got my psych degree in 2010. I mean, I was seventh grade, uh, Mr. Pellucci, you know, I still remember that <laughs> up in Bota, he put me on to the, and I'm, I've always been like, really like, you know, mindful person, kind of introspective. So like I, the, the idea of like why we act the way we act, always like it's very interesting yeah. yeah yeah so after seventh grade i'm like i kind of just you know I, I took a humanities class like and he went over some like psych 101 and after that i was i was in yeah and yeah. i wanted to go all the way and do forensic psychology get my go to grad school i took my gres and mm-hmm. everything after after i graduated i did well in college and yeah just uh you know where did the turn go in the different like i it, it's weird like you know typically most people that work in restaurants, they, mm-hmm. they start in restaurants young and they stay yeah. just cause it's like, the, yeah. you know, but I, for me it was different. Like I, I started in restaurants later on, like when I was in my early twenties. Um, Where did you work? Uh, worked at a few different spots, herbs and rye. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, Nick Tolley. Really yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he was really helpful, like good mentor early yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. Um, Central, which is now cro- closed, it was at Caesar, uh, Caesar's Palace. Okay, um, just like a French chef kind of deal, and that that fizzled. Um, where else did I work at? I worked at uh, Caesar's uh, Firefly. I worked for a little oh, yeah. bit too. Yeah, yeah, yeah the so, one in Paradise. Yeah, the old, the old one. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> before. Yeah, we won't talk about what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, um, yeah. yeah, I did a little tour, but from UNLV and kind of going in that academic route. I mean, I was, I loved it. And I, I just, I think I, my head wasn't in it. I took yeah. the GRE, didn't do as well as I wanted to. Yeah. And at that point, like my entrepreneurial spirit was yeah. like really kicking in. I was like, and that's where, you know, I'm kind of seeing the, the food coffee scene and at the 2012, 2013, I'm like, man, this, yeah, I'm looking at New York city. I'm seeing all these cool, like, you know, South American inspired restaurants, trendy yeah. coffee shops. And that's where I just shifted gears and kind of started focusing my energies at, in, in like conceptualizing th- 
this idea that, that, that I had. Yeah, it's similar, again, my background, too, because my uncle owned restaurants, my grandfather, too. And so it's great experience. Like, be, and that's what I thought I wanted to do. You know, yeah. I went to UNLV uh, to hotel school and, and, you know, never even graduated. I had like two classes to take. Sorry, mom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but similar, I mean, it teaches you a work ethic, but it's a, it's an oddly addicting industry. Yeah. You know, once you get into it, it's like, man, it's cool. You know, cause you, I mean, you're a people person, you know, so am I, it's like, it's, it's all about that. The relationships with your coworkers and then in, in the, in the, in the uh, customers and, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's always action, you know, all the time, which For is sure. kind of fun. So were you working in the restaurant business while you were at UNLV or? So I was before, I was in sales before. Okay. So I, I did insurance. Um, that was like my first industry. I got State Farm, right? State Farm, yeah. Okay. So I got taken in by um, another, you know, uh, entrepreneur, Eric James. He he was, uh, you know, really inspiring kind of figure because I was really young, 16, 17, when he brought me in and, you know, back then I had like my resume and I was going on Craigslist and faxing out my resume to yeah. all these fax numbers. And he called me, hires me on the spot. And, you know, he, his whole thing, and this is later on, he told me, he's like, he, his thing is, you know, finding young people to kind of mentor and, yeah. and mold them into this like business mindset. Sure. That's exactly what he did for me. One of my good friends, Davin, who's now a lawyer and really, really fundamentally important for my Growth. professional yeah growth without yeah. a doubt yeah. yeah i think i've seen his billboards did he yeah did yeah, yeah. He's did he do billboards yeah, he yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. i think i remember yeah yeah, yeah. if you've it's ever like, been on maryland parkway you've probably <laughs> yeah, seen the yeah. guy <laughs> i have yeah that's awesome so he was cool and really helped me but so i got into the insurance tip and got my licenses like you know i was 17 i'm like i want to get my licenses i'm you know always really hungry so i was studying for my licenses and then a few days after i turned 18 i took my test i had to wait till i was 18 to yeah. legally and i was able to pass and and i started doing really well you know yeah. i think i'm kind of a naturally a, a, a salesman yeah. you know people person yep um and i was able to kind of progress and i ended up you know being like the top salesman on the west coast wow. um for for uh, Jen Sias, who's got a couple offices still, I still keep in touch with her. She's great, and another young, hungry yeah. entrepreneur. So it was good. I was I was kind of found myself ar around those people yeah. in, in my come up. So it was very helpful because, like you know, I'm, I'm a very observative person. I like seeing people yeah. behave and thinking yeah. about why they act like that. What are they doing that for? So yeah, I think it was very you know it was, I was I'm grateful to be able to have those experiences. Right? How long did you do that for? from 17 to 20 man till I was like almost 22 20 so like five years yeah, yeah. And, what, and what made you get out of that industry you said it earlier man yeah <laughs> like yeah. we're people we're people uh you get sucked back in yeah, right? yeah like we like you can't sit at a desk for too long yeah like, you know you could do yeah. two hours and you know bang out a bunch of work but yeah well we need two hours where most people need eight and it just yeah. doesn't like after two hours you're like all right I gotta do I'm something done. yeah yeah, yeah. So I, I just wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't a nine to fiver, yeah. you know, office setting kind of person. And that's when I started exploring restaurants and I had mm -hmm. this kind of like this calling, I guess, you yeah. know, I'm like, I like, I like restaurants. I like going to them. I'm intrigued by them. Yeah. And I got my foot in the door, um, at Herbs and Rye and then started kind of moving up. What'd there. you do at Herbs? Serving. Serving. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. I was a bar back. I mean, I've done it all. I've been bar back, bartender server managed you know so okay. a little bit of everything expo i love expo that's my little so, thing yeah so yeah. was that the last job you had before you started the makers and finders or no oh no i my last job was a morton restaurant called crush at uh at mgm it's still okay. there okay yeah, so um that was my last job i worked i worked at crush at the mgm up until two weeks before we op that we opened makers in in the arts district so my, when we were building out the location and I didn't, you know, given that I didn't know what yeah. the hell I was doing. Yeah. It's my first build out. Nobody you know? does. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like running to the, you know, to build out makers, deal with contractors like from yeah. like 7am and then running to like the LVAC on Maryland, you know, just to go take a shower and then run to MGM and work yeah. a shift there. And I did that like right up until I opened, we opened Makers. That's a total entrepreneur story right there. Because <laughs> it's all about the hustle, right? You, I mean, you need, the, you need to pay your bills. Right. So you're working while you're building and creating, which is, which is a great way of doing it. You got right? to. Yeah. You got to. I mean, yeah. it, it, don't get me wrong. It burns a lot of energy. Oh, yeah. But I mean, you, but you're you young. Know, exactly. That's the time to do it. Yeah. I have no energy anymore. <laughs> I'm 40. Facts. So with you. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm right behind you, man. All right. 
<laughs> Once you're my age, you're like, uh, energy's not in there. I have I two kids it. too. They take all Ooh, my, wow. the rest. Whatever energy I have is, is, uh, is gone. Yeah. yeah. Are they younger? Four and two. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. So we're in the thick of it. It was worse about a year ago. Yeah. Um, during COVID too, when it was shut down and with yeah. two kids running around, it was, oh, yeah. that was fun. Yeah. I got a four year old. He just turned oh, four congrats. last week. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Thank you. But. I like I like this age. Like now he's kind of like changing a little bit. Four oh, is yeah. a little different than two. It's a great age. I, I got a haircut last night with my with my son, uh, and it's so cool. You know, cool. I was like, we'll get the same we'll get the same cut. You know, so it's fun. Sure. They're like your little buddy. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, and that's what it kind of yeah. like it feels like right now. It's like yeah. he's like my boy. Like oh, let's go. I get excited. I'm like, we're going to the aquarium, or I'm like planning yeah. out like you know day trips or something with him because yeah, it feels like a buddy. Yeah, it's tough. The second one, you gonna have another one, or I want to. Yeah, um, I'm not married, so I don't know. We'll see. Not, yeah. not in the plans right now. So yeah, the yeah. second one is like my buddy and I was joking around. It's like the growth isn't exponential. It's like it feels like you go from one to four. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the well, second one's like always that, harder. I'm not gonna do. <laughs> yeah, the second one's always harder too. Really? Oh yeah, harder. Almost, oh yeah, because you, you get like when you first have a kid, the shock is like like I remember leaving. The weirdest thing is leaving the hospital, right? You get this little infant in the back and you're like, is it still alive when you're driving home? Like that's, that, that's a bizarre experience and learning right. to be a parent is challenging. But for some reason, that second kid is always more difficult than the first really? one. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard the yeah. opposite. Really? I'm, yeah. I've heard I hope that. I'm wrong. Well, you'll have to... I hope you're wrong too. No offense, <laughs> but I mean, we'll see. I, I, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, more of anything is usually exactly. you know, a little bit tougher to deal with. So I yeah. can see that. For I sure. hear you. So, so jumping back to when you were, you know, kind of transitioning over, um, did the doors open and you quit the job or, or when did you leave your previous employment? S same thing. Um, or the the crush or yeah. yeah yeah so crush I just you know I basically knew that I was not going to be able to like mentally and physically I wouldn't be able to work a job and yeah. then try to run my own place of course yeah so basically like I was just I came in with my my ex business partner at the time mm -hmm. who I used to have when I opened when we opened Makers um, she helped me open it we you know we've been friends since um since high school college okay um so when we came up we're like hey well we're just gonna manage the floor like this will you know we'll be the managers and we have experience yep. and so we'll just run point here and pay ourselves a small salary we paid ourselves peanuts right oh my god it was like six hundred dollars <laughs> every every two weeks i'm like yeah. but you know whatever we didn't care yeah you know we were hustling yeah <clears throat> and thankfully you know we took the dive and you know we were you know instant you know instantly we were able to be, you know, generating revenue and that's amazing. Covering overhead, so wow. and reinvesting. Yeah, which is what you have to do. Yeah, keep building. Because I built a backward ass restaurant. Yeah, that first one, I didn't know <laughs> what the hell I was doing. So now, so yeah. the last five years, I've just been like backtracking, patching shit up, that moving things that aren't aren't where they belong. But yeah, yeah and you got you and I were chatting a little bit before we we jumped on, and it's like it, it amazes me because I remember first starting ad lava and, and you know as a young guy like you were and it, it was i was so scared to get my first lease and it was just an executive suite it was like the size of a cubby hole right <laughs> and i was like man i'm gonna i'm gonna do this and i barely have any clients like what how am i gonna pay it you right. know but but for you I, I have even more admiration because you're not just like you know we're a service business we just need a little you know it's, it's easy to get out of your rent but you you were not only paying rent but you had to do the build out deal with contractors you have to pay for inventory hire employees i mean you know, what, tell me about that journey um, and what that was like, you know, doing, going through that process. Yeah. Um, you were, like you said, we were chatting before and like I told you, I was like, you know, where I am now, like I, yeah. I would be too nervous and too skeptical to do everything that you I know too much. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. know too much now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, but it was a really, you know, unique journey that, that first time opening up that restaurant, like you said, it was something that you know, I've always, I was always curious. So every restaurant I worked at, I was always asking questions to like the chefs, the, the managers, yep. like, why do you do it like this? Why do you do it like that? And so, but that would never prepare you to deal with contractors, deal with, you know, AC units and, sure. you know, like uh, load calculations for this or whatever. It, you know, no, you don't go to school for that. No, so, no. Um, so yeah, so it, that first one, I mean, we were barely able to, kind of navigate opening our doors and then having like at least some working capital like yeah. it was literally at the last moment yeah. so we were we had like you know our working ca we, we had a think like 30 
30 some odd thousand in the bank and that was that, that was, was like it. hey this was it this yep. is what we're going to open with and then we had a lag after our contractor got us a certificate of occupancy that's when they're like okay we're done you got your cfo now you know go ahead and open but we yeah. had some issues with opening for other there's so many other things that could get in the way yeah and so they're like hey we need the final payment and it was like 30k so oh, that would have left us with like two thousand dollars <laughs> and yeah. you know that was that was an interesting little two-week period because i had to then i'm like i have to go find thirty thousand dollars because yeah. i need to pay them and i need i need the working capital so yeah. you know i was able to <clears throat> had a friend of mine who i've known for a long time he works at nevada state bank and i was able to just like scrounge up this like prime line because yeah. i've always maintained my credit and yeah. a good entrepreneur knows the importance of credit sure. so i had credit not not you know not anything significant at the time but yeah. i had my installments and my revolving kind of all moving and then you know i was able to lock in this prime line which is just like an open line of credit and yeah i was able to get just enough and pay my contractor yeah and that was you know and 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 we were able to get our doors open but man it was it was super difficult scary probably right too yeah very yeah. scary. Yeah. So, so let's kind of backtrack a little bit too, and, and tell me a little bit about makers and finders, like the concept. Um, I'm really interested too, in like, you know, it's because it's a really beautiful venue, and like how you came up with the decor, and like just just the style of the of the of the venue. Yeah, tell me a little bit about that. I, I think it's definitely reflective of like, kind of um, me and what inspires me. Like I'm, you know. I, I get inspired by a lot of different things and I feel like I'm pretty eclectic. Like, um, you know, and I, that was definitely the inspiration behind the look and, but really the conceptually speaking, um, the, the driver was like my culture. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, you know, when I, in New York city, um, you know, I'm, I'm Colombian American, right? Yeah. The, the highest density of Colombians that live in the United States are in New York City. Yeah. So I was yeah, yeah. I was very much a majority over there. Yeah. Um and so I grew up like with all of these, you know, these arepas, these empanadas, these things oh, that yeah. I I grew up with making them by hand, eating them, you know, yeah. Sunday morning. And so I had all these very vivid memories and appreciation for these things and so migrating to the West Coast where there isn't there's more Central Americans, Mexican, Salvadorian. Sure. So when I got here there was it was like, man, we there's an underrepresentation of what I love. Oh yeah, and yeah. so that was a big factor uh, for like doing this that like the the South American influence kitchen. Right? Okay, yeah. So and then um, as far as like the concept, the name, you know, it just goes back to what I was telling you. Like you know, coming to Vegas, you were we were saying earlier like New York City. Talking, I think yeah. before we got on, and like how inspiring it is. How you know oh, you yeah. can walk down Anywhere. the avenue. Yeah. And there's something, something, right? Hole yeah. in the wall, something incredible. Well, one Vegas that's changing, but it was it's not walkable. No, you know, no. yeah. And it's very much like a transient city. So, mm -hmm. just like coming in, and that really impacted me. I think at a core level, and I didn't realize that until after the fact. But it was kind of this conflict, and this like was uh, coming out in like these way, these creative ways of like creating this space that's like urban and feels like it's like somewhere in New York city or somewhere in yeah. LA or whatever, you know, wherever you're from or wherever it, it triggers a memory. Sure. From. And so that was the decor and the vibe was very much like I wanted to feel like I was in a city, like this place where you just walk up. And it does. I mean, I've been there. It's, it's, it's very unique. In fact, I, I never heard of you guys, but like this is years ago. Yeah. And um, I had a meeting with someone from the city and they're like, Oh, meet me at makers and finders. I was like, all right. And I, I, when you walk in, it just has this very unique vibe, you know. And, and I was talking to Delaney, who's a big coffee fan, you know. Yeah. And um, she was saying there's a story even behind, like, you guys have, like, Greek tiles that mean something. And yeah. uh, what was the other? I forget what else she mentioned. But there's a couple a couple things that you guys have in decor that has, like, a meaning behind it. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Yeah, some Easter eggs. And in, in, in there's yeah. Yeah. the Greek tile, like, she, like Delaney said, um, you know, kind of that that homage to, like, the New York City, like, you know, yeah. the, 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 the coffee little, cup. The Greek coffee yeah. cup. Yeah, and, that's the best, yeah. And we actually recreated a, our version, and now, you know, our eight-ounce, like, little small our, our, our small to-go cups are our version of that cup. Yeah. Was it Kronos? What was it? No, no, no. That's a, a cheese Anthora. Yeah. Anthora. Yeah. Anthora, yeah. Anthora, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, so, yeah, so there's a lot of, 
that was that was a big inspiration. That's I cool. want, yeah, I wanted to like drop little things in there that just kind of pay pay that tribute. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And so and so you uh, when you were working at your other job, like you you were just like brainstorming ideas and uh, did you travel a lot to kind of inspire yourself? Like what? How did you come up with the concept? Is you know. yeah, no traveling was was a big part of it. Yeah. Um, New York City. Yeah, I, I drew a lot of inspiration from. Um, uh, a, a few places out in New York City. I came. I went out and visited them. Yeah. I kind of want to tell this story, but it's kind of like this. Uh, tell this, it. <laughs> I actually just good. told this story for the first time in years because it's kind of like this. So there's a spot in Hell's Kitchen in New yeah. York City. Um, I won't say the name, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it's an empanada spot, very yeah. popular. Um, and you know, me and my ex business partner, we went out to New York City with this idea of like you know seeing what's out there, seeing sure. what we can get inspired to create the makers and finders. And, uh, I, I told her, I'm like, <clears throat> so we go into the spa. We have a great time. Like, man, these empanadas are delicious. Like, yeah, I love these. Like we, I would love to know more about them and how they make them, you know? Yeah. And, and so, you know, after a few glasses of sangria, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, why don't we, cause we were in college. We were still, she was still in college at the time. So I'm like, why don't we go to the library? Yeah create like this generic syllabus and yeah. say that oh, we're students <laughs> and that we want to, we're, you know, we have a project where we have to like film, you know, a video kind of a Q and a with a, nice. a, a good business, a, a good business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we did that. And so we went to the, the freaking library, got this whole thing That's like so shammed awesome. up and yeah. then, and then went over there and like they were a little kind of skeptical at first, but yeah. then like we had a mic, we had a little video <laughs> and uh, we did it. And, yeah. you know, he was still there, but it was funny because it was like very covert, you know what yeah. I mean? But yeah. um, we were, you know, that was one of the few things that we did while trying to like gain some. Did you ever go back to the restaurant? Since no, <laughs> but I followed them on social media. Dude. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if they That's such a cool this. story. Yeah. But, so uh, is that, is that inspired the recipes that you do now or? Uh, yeah. Like the style, like the, like the empanada offerings. Like I, yeah. I, I really believe that, you know, in, in empanadas, like I think it's a really, oh yeah you know, it, it's heading to like a more mainstream appeal. And sure. I kind of felt that a long time ago, which is why it became such a big part of our menu. Yeah, as well. But yeah, so New York City, LA, went to a few places there and just like looking for the 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 South American food from there. Yeah. And then for coffee, you know, I kind of I got put onto specialty coffee right around like 2012 just, you know, seeing um these coffee shops in like Japan, yeah. South Korea, East Coast, like, you know, the United States was very behind the specialty coffee oh, without doubt yeah comparative to like <clears throat> australia or like all, the, all these other asians places. i mean it's huge i mean it's all the asian coffee shops out here are pretty awesome yeah. exactly yeah so um that was a big inspiration and just kind of seeing what they're doing how they do it and and then um yeah and that it, in the very beginning before we opened makers we've, we've gone through a few different names before yeah. we ended at makers but we were going to do a food truck and okay. that was our whole thing back in 2012 and so we met some investors that my ex-business partner knew from, you know, just regulars at rich regulars from Firefly. Okay. Um, and we spoke to them and we we're talking to them and they gave us some really good feedback. They're like, Hey, like, you know, I don't know what empanadas are and most, most people yeah. don't, especially then at that time. And they're like, we need something else. And that's when we went back to the drawing books and we're like, we need something to another equally that people are familiar with. Right. Yeah. And that's how we landed on coffee and specialty coffee and, okay. you know, these methods that you can brew coffee and these origins that have, you know, like wine. It's like you find oh, it's just nuts. like wine. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. How'd you guys source the beans? Because, I mean, that's like, we're, that's another thing we're talking about offline is like, you know, it's almost like Chick-fil-A. If their chicken sucked, you know, what do they got? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and as a coffee shop, I mean, if you, I've been to some that are, I don't want to name names either, but. Yeah. Terrible. I mean, you know, uh, what was that process like? Especially because you're not like a trained chef or, you know, you haven't, you know, you worked in the restaurant business, right. but like, how did you learn so much about coffee and how to make coffee and where to source coffee? You know, yeah. you don't have to tell us your source, but. No, I mean, it's. I'd it, be like the empanada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for coffee, you know, there's a lot of resources in this day and age, you yeah. know, the Specialty Coffee Association, Specialty Coffee Institute. Um, so um, it, it, it's over time, like just, you know, being in these conferences, going to these classes and then 
now. Um, in the when we started Makers, I knew specialty coffee is more of a lighter kind of roast. Yeah. So the flavors are very robust, mm-hmm. and so a lot of where most people are used to like the dark coffee, like yeah. the bold, right? Yeah, like Starbucks. Bold. Yeah, almost burnt tasting. Exactly. Yeah, and so. You know, I knew that specialty coffee, if we did completely like light roast in 2014, I felt like it was a little not, it's not, it wasn't approachable enough. So I, my focus was right in the middle of those two. Instead of dark and burnt, let's go for like a nice medium roast that you can still taste these flavors in. Um, So that was, that was our, that was our um, motivation when we were sourcing, right? It's like, how do we find a roaster that can roast the profile that we want? Um, and so that's what we, we ended up finding uh, a roaster that we worked with, uh, out of Texas for a while and then okay. Arizona. And then as of a year, a year and a half ago, now we have our own roastery, wow. um, in Chinatown. So we roast our own coffee. So now we've pivoted from sourcing roasted coffee to sourcing green coffee, Interesting. which is a whole nother, whole other ball game. Yeah. And the yeah. prices fluctuate a lot, right? On coffee. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a commodity. So it's yeah. like, it's very much dependent on on the rest of the global market and how the you know these countries are producing and there's a lot of variables that come into play with uh, weather yeah, right covid oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so, did that affect you guys uh, on from that perspective uh i mean it's defect it, it affect, it's affected anything that we have to source yeah because distribution channels are are mess yeah mess, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so um how did the name come up makers and finders that's it that, <laughs> <laughs> So it, we were going to name, I, I just kind of New York was, I, I told you earlier in this conversation, like, you know, growing up there, that move was a really big impact on my sure. life. So I was still very much driven on this whole urban concept. And I had just read this book, Triumph of the City by Edward Glazier. And that's all he spoke about. It's like this, the beauty of like the urbanization of, 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 of our country and, and what, how it's taken us to where we are now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so at the time I was in that whole mind frame, I was, uh, we were going to name the coffee shop Vanwick coffee because I grew up in Queens close to Vanwick expressway. And I just, you know, fond memories in my mind, you know, going through the bridge, picking up my dad in the middle of the night from work and like just seeing it. So I'm like, Hey, you know, I like, I like the ring of it. I think it's great. But before I, I'm like, I wasn't convinced. I'm like, let me do some research on who Vanwick was. Frankly, I didn't know who he yeah, was. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, let me do some research and and figure out um, before I name my coffee shop after this guy. <laughs> and what would the research uncover? So, you know, turn of the century, like a lot of stuff for like public education. Did a lot of stuff for the city of New York. Kind of boring. Not yeah. really intrigued. I mean, great stuff, but sure. to me, it didn't really pique my interest. Yeah. But then, like the next. Famous Van Wick was yeah. this guy, uh, this uh, by the name Van Wick Brooks. A little bit more excited, kind of mid-century, post World War II, kind of like th- uh, economist, like thinker, like mm-hmm. capitalist thinker, like you know, really yeah. much like, um, sorry, um, you know, preaching that American dream and riding that high from like you know the mid-century. Yeah. So he wrote this series of articles called Makers and Finders. And, oh, okay. yeah, and I, and I started reading them and I'm like, <laughs> it's a cool name though. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And for me, the, a big part of it was I knew that it was <laughs> going to be like a Latin cafe, but I was really, I was really, uh, keen on not, I didn't want you to know it was a Latin cafe. Yeah. Cause I you want, don't feel that immediately when you go in. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then that was very much yeah. the goal. Like yeah. every time I go to these, um, to these authentic places, right. Yeah. It's great, but it's it's a little like the language barrier, the menu sure. barriers. You'll you'll go, but you won't frequent it, right? It's yeah. just like every now and again you'll go to this hole in the wall because it's so good. Yeah, and I didn't want that. Like yeah. I wanted to be approachable. I wanted it to be easy to navigate. I wanted it to be a cultural food, but you in a space that just feels um, like nondescript, like eclectic, yeah. kind of a little bit of everything. And so that was, that was the, that was the goal. Like, so I'm glad that, you know, you caught that because I didn't want to, I, I didn't want you to know what makers and finders were, was, yeah. or is until you're sitting down and enjoying it. 
Exactly. It wasn't like you walk into like a Greek restaurant. It's like blue and white, and you got you know like the Parthenon in the back, <laughs> right. you know, which is cool. You know, I think you can you can feel when you go in there that it's like you it's like um, eclectic mix of experiences, right, or yeah. life experiences, which is which is awesome. Yeah. So um, when you when you were starting out, um, how long did it take you to kind of really see the momentum? Because obviously downtown went through a, a really big transition. I don't know when Tony Shea started investing or what the year was, but it wasn't that long before, right? Or right around that time? No, so a little funny story yeah. about that. Um, so I, it was not just Triumph of the City, but also deliver, my book at the time mm -hmm. that inspired me to do a lot of this, but also Delivering Happiness from Tony Shea, yeah. right? And so 2012 was like when the downtown project started, you know, and back then it was, you know, that startup fund was actually available to anyone who yeah. wanted to like submit a video. I think that was like, there were some um, requirements and a sure. video was one of them, video yeah. of like who you are. So um, same thing, like, um, yeah, we did, we made this video. Oh, did you do it? Yeah, it's just, funny to watch that now, right? Oh, I just watched it like a month ago. <laughs> <Did you? laughs> I mean, it's just funny because we just—it was just this corny, like, but it was fun. Like, it was yeah. a, it was a good time. But we did try to. Um, we had a meeting with Downtown Project early on before we opened Makers. And, okay, you know things didn't work out, but um, definitely a huge part of why you know we were able to grow is because we had this person and this company who believed in this in this area and who believed in the idea oh yeah of like this urbanization of downtown yeah because when you were there i mean at that year there was not much there right i mean unless you count you know handlers and, <laughs> yeah. and well they're still there yeah they're still there <laughs> sometimes they seem like there are more of them now too man they're, yeah they're getting you know yeah so it's, it's it's even ballsier that you guys chose that location i think what what, what motivated it was the urbanization that's kind of what you're what drove you to downtown Originally, we wanted Fremont, right? Because yeah. that was that was um, traffic and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that was yeah. all the vibes back then. It yeah. was Fremont, free monies, free monies, and um, we just ha were having no luck, you know, pricing wise. We just it, it was impossible for us to be able to fit into that. And then um, that's when I had heard about like Velveteen Rap. Velveteen Rap was like the first spot in this yeah. new wave of arts district, and yeah. you know, so I'm like, hey, look, you know, I went in there and. I like instantly loved it, the neighborhood. Yeah. And I'm like, this, this, this is spot. it. This yeah. is it. Like, this is going to pop. Like, and I can see this popping because Velveteen was packed. And, yeah. and then I'd go to Casa Don Juan and like, I'd see their lunch rushes. I'm like, dude, this place is packed. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's, there's something here. Yeah. It's just, you know, we, it, it takes numbers. It takes sure. more of us. Yeah. And so when I, one night at Velveteen Rabbit, had a few cocktails, go out <laughs> to the streets, start poking my head, looking through, through these dark rooms and yeah. like yeah i found i found this this spot put my head in there and i'm like this looks good and then you know a couple of days later i call and yeah and then the rest is history like, and it's pretty expensive right to to do the build out downtown because things are older wasn't isn't it or was it was the timing right when you guys got in timing is was right as far as like the like the cost of leasing okay you know because now yeah. it's like tripled oh i'm sure quadrupled yeah, yeah. back then we were on sense you know yeah. what i mean so hopefully we, you locked that in for <laughs> yeah we locked that in as long as we could trust me <laughs> yeah. and uh so it was really affordable in that sense mm -hmm. uh but as as far as the build out goes you know we didn't have too many like crazy problems but you're right about the infrastructure like yes yeah right now we're still dealing with a lot of these these issues mm -hmm. um but the build out itself i mean we we kept it as bare bones as possible yeah luckily there weren't any real you know tough hiccups because i know there's some people in the neighborhood who you know took recently took a year two years to open because of like some weird infrastructure issues yeah like underground problems yeah luckily we didn't have any of that there was a furniture store in between us the most that we had to deal with is a completely unleveled ground a foundation but yeah i mean there are bigger problems than that so, oh yeah yeah so did you design the whole right was that your vision like the the design and everything yeah, yeah, for yeah. the most part, um, you know, kind of like, you know, a lot of Pinterest, a lot of like looking yeah. around and just like piecing it in my head wow. together and then, you know, continuing to add on more and more as as time passed. And most recently we just did, redid our like, brought in our our hallway now and the Arts District is completely revamped top to bottom by a, by an artist named Pretty Dunn. 
Oh, cool. um, and he's great. He's got like this Keith Haring kind of vibe, and I'm like, oh, like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm big like Tribe Called Quest, Wu Tang. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love yeah. like you know that golden era of like yeah. hip hop. So I wanted to bring some of that in, and so yeah, like the the design is very much like eclectic. I wanted art. I wanted you know yeah, these wood accents, but also a very clean and open kind of like bright space and like where we focus on like the lighting and the the music is a big part like we want to have like really unique people believe it or not like they're always like oh i love makers because of the music yeah i want to hear that 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 to me is like the atmosphere right yeah 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 that's awesome so so tell me about the the early days of when you guys first opened i mean or day one i mean because there's a lot you got to learn right like not only just hiring and managing but you're not a chef so like you got to train the, I don't know how you train the kitchen staff and stuff like that, but, um, and then even things like food costs and, you know, how did you battle through all those challenges as a, as a new restaurant operator? You know, I'm six years in and I'm still battling with some of these things just because <laughs> yeah. it's such a, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot. And there's a, there's the restaurants. It's a lot. There's a lot of different ways to bleed in restaurants oh, and yeah. lose money rather yeah. easily. So, um, yeah, those first few weeks, we did we did have a private investor who is a chef yeah so we were able to we kind of described the vision the 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 like the skeleton of what we wanted the menu to look like okay we built it and then he designed recipes um, oh, wow. for a commercial kitchen very cool did he design the kitchen layout and stuff or work with you guys on that S- somewhat yeah okay somewhat somewhat but yeah you know that's where the mistakes came in oh my gosh i mean we didn't we didn't <laughs> yeah. have a walk-in Oh, wow. No, okay. we, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, we just have like a bunch of these reach in coolers and yeah. we'll be good. And I mean, that's a lie. You yeah. Know? I'm that's, sure all those things you learned though in your second location were yeah. resolved. Yeah. 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 So when did fun. you, when did you open up the second one? That's, that's super exciting. Yeah. December, 2017. Okay. Yeah. We signed the lease. It was September 1st, but it's a, it was a second generation spot. So there was a hood already and a lot of it was, you know, already there. So it was more like a renovation. Okay. Um, so we were able to flip that space in three and a half months. And that's at downtown Summerlin? That's in downtown Summerlin, right in the mix, yeah. right down the Macy's Promenade next to Lush. Um, yeah. Across from Earl of Sandwich. So, cool. um, yeah, it was a, that, that was a big risk. Different sure. type of risk, right? Because you got the Summerlin, Summerlin rent. <laughs> I had, a, and I had a bunch of people because it was a second generation spot. Yeah. So I had, you know, someone or there was another business, restaurant business who failed before me. Sure. There. Yeah. But um, I, you know, I, I wanted highest risk, highest reward, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I, I can, we almost got into a deal in, um, in 2016 to open up before Summerlin, our second location in Water Street, downtown Henderson. Yeah. Which now it's kind of experienced a resurgence. Uh, it's experiencing a resurgence. Raiders down there, right? And, right. Yeah. But back then I was like, man, I've already done the the build, like build the neighborhood up with Main Street. Yeah. I don't want to build a neighborhood. I just want to go in there it's and a good rock move. It. Yeah. Yeah. And so we pivoted to downtown Summerlin and yeah, these crazy rents and, you know, all these risks. But um, thankfully, like we, you know, we did a good job with the design and, you know, people gravitated and we got a good reception at downtown Summerlin. And now it feels like, man, we're just part of that, that community now, you know? Now, I mean, downtown, downtown Vegas is very different than downtown Summerlin, right? Absolutely. The word downtown shouldn't even be in there probably. No. <laughs> um, no. You know, is, is the, is the uh, cause I haven't been in that location yet, but is that, is the vibe and the style, the menu, is it all the same or is it a little bit different? Menu is all the same. The beverage menu, beer, wine, and cocktails are different. Okay. Um, but we still push out, you know, nearly identical food menu, mimosas, all that good stuff that people love us for. Yeah. The space is a little different. It's a newer yeah. space. So yeah. I feel like it, it, it down the arts district has like a charm to it. Sure. It's like an older yeah. building. Whereas this one's a little just brighter and open, but you know, it, people still love the space. Like they come in they're like, yeah. Oh wow. This is well, it's so a different cool. clientele out there too. Yeah. So they're probably more used to all the new stuff. Exactly. Know? Exactly. Yeah. But I'm throwing, you know, I'm throwing like this, these like little, these art, like I just did that pretty done ceiling and looks like the freaking Sistine Chapel. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. It's like all up and people are just, Checking some of the people are like intrigued by, oh, by yeah. that vibe. You know what I mean? Which, That's awesome. Which is cool to see, like, you know, even though, you know, it's a newer neighborhood suburbs, like they still want that like creative energy, oh, yeah. you know, and that cultural experience. Of course. And a lot of people in Summerlin, I mean, it's a higher income area. They travel a lot. So they've seen places like that other places, but Vegas is different, you know? Yeah. There's not a lot of, I mean, it's like you were like one of the first people to have like a, let's call it craft 
coffee. I don't know what the term would be for location. And now you see, you know, other ones like Bad Owl popping up and, yeah. um, which, you know, are you, are you guys, is there like a little coffee community where you guys all know each other? Uh, I think, <laughs> you know, you know how I think that's out? more into between the, 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 the staffs and the teams. Like, yeah. I know that there's a lot of synergy in that route. I mean, with the, like the owners of all these independent, I, I mean, it's like, you know, I think we're just busy people. We don't, yeah. I don't think that there's like a community per yeah. se, but the coffee community amongst like the baristas and sure. like the oh, coffee that's, lovers, that's yeah. a huge community. And yeah, you know, I just, um, I was just talking to somebody this morning who just moved here mm -hmm. and they're just like, man, there's such a big coffee community. Oh yeah. It wasn't like that. <laughs> it wasn't like that four or five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's big. I, I remember seeing a headline. It was like 2018. I think it was like 19 independent coffee shops open in one year. Wow. And now it's just, it's, you know, we're a coffee, almost a coffee town. Like yeah. it's such a strong, yeah. we have such a strong presence here, but we were one of the first ones in the craft coffee scene. Like you <laughs> yeah, said. I just made up a term. Yeah, spot on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so tell me about the new business. So take it easy. Yeah. Um, so you, that's another whole other area. You moved into Chinatown. Yeah. So you love taking all these risks in different areas, right? You got <laughs> yeah. downtown Summerlin and then Chinatown. Yeah. Um, what, what, tell me a little bit about that concept and that, and that venue. Yeah. So, you know, there was like a big void left with makers and finders because it, well, like I told you earlier, when we were designing the menu, we had to make it approachable. Like it has to be something that you can do over and over again, multiple times a week. So yeah. there's a lot of, items and things that are very dear to me but i was not it, it didn't fit the makers and finders brand and and our style of service so you know i just that it just always kind of stayed in my head like i want to do a colombian style bakery i, I wanted and then at the time you know i was kind of you know after summerland after the arts district i was i wanted something for myself it's like, like a passion project more it right? is yeah. it is yeah and like if you go in there you know I did. Uh, we designed this collage on 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 our dining room wall in Take It Easy. It's this collage of memories of mm. all. You know, I pulled 20 different photos from different family members, got them like digitally enhanced, bought all these, you know, these contrasting but um, uh, contrasting uh, frames, and did like this this little canvas, you know, of like memories for my life and for my family and stuff. So. It's a very much like passion family project. Very cool. Uh, and and it means a lot to me because, you know, that that was always what my parents wanted. They're like, We want a Colombian bakery, like these cheese. That's so cool, and, yeah. Yeah. And so that was that was the that was the motivation behind Take It Easy. And you, is your family involved in the in the business? Like you mentioned your mom was helping yeah. out too. Yeah, my mom's like a managing partner. She handles yeah. all the admin, HR, legal. Okay. Um, you know, my dad, he He's retired, but he's Just drinking the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> he's the guy who loves to go eat the breads. He yeah. loves his mimosas. They, yeah. they pack him up his mimosas. <laughs> and they're like, and he's like, that's my dad's like the very much the mascot like, of the, uh, <laughs> he, he loves, uh, he loves, he enjoys the, the simpler things in life. Whereas yeah. my mom is more of like, she is involved in the business. Yeah. Really is a backbone for us. That's awesome. Yeah. So where do you, where do you see the business going in the future? Like, are you guys looking to expand, like franchise out? Like, um, keep it small, like the three stores. You don't seem like a guy that's going to stop. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely don't want to stop. Um, yeah. we, well, we just did, we just opened our Area 15 location. It's oh. a kiosk, yeah. So oh, cool. we, we built this kiosk out. It's it's this beautiful, you know, piece of equipment that has its own water system and all this built for an espresso bar. So we were able to lock in a, uh, a partnership with Area 15. In June, we opened up. And man, I mean, I don't know if you've been there yet. It's, I haven't. I've heard great things. Though. I heard you it's got cool. To. Yeah, it's super cool, super yeah. unique. Um, and so we were able to get in there in June, and right off the bat, it's just so, busy. so much, so busy. That's so awesome. Busy. Yeah. So you're gonna do more of those kiosks, you think? Or I think so. Yeah. I think that might be in the future. Um, you know, I wanna, I wanna venture outside of Las Vegas too. Really? I, okay. Yeah, I want to take makers because. To me, it's more than just, you know, the business. It's also like, hey, I'm bringing a cult, like my culture with me. Sure. Like, yeah. This is a representation of who, you know, what we, who we are as mm -hmm. people. And I, I want to spread that more. You and know? you look at, it's funny you say that because you look at a lot of successful businesses and they build, like Red Bull's, a, I always use that as a perfect example. If you go to their site, they don't even talk about their energy drink. It's all about the X Games and things they sponsor. And it, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. But they built a, a community, and and that's really important with any business. Is like, 
you know, almost like, you know, it says who you are and, and who you hang with, you know? Um, you know, and, and I think that that's pretty cool. You're trying to expand upon that, you know? Yeah. It, it creates loyalty. You know? For sure. Yeah. And that, that's a big part of our, our, um, our voice brand, our brand voice like, yeah. is, uh, like in the name too, makers and finders, movers and shakers, like yeah. that whole hustlers mentality. And, and even in our, in our cups and our branding, like, you know, um, once again, East coast rap, a big, big fan. Um, yeah. I took a line from, you know, one of my favorite rappers, biggie and and he's like sicker than your average and because that's how i feel and that's how a lot of us feel who are yeah. in this like when you're in this hustler's mindset it's a really isolated oh yeah thing yeah. like you're a people person you can navigate those waters but you're also very much in your head yeah and so i feel yeah. like putting that putting that on on these cups really spoke to people who are like no i'm 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 doing it i'm out here pursuing it and so like just building up on that voice yeah. has been very helpful for for makers because like you said it's starting to build a community yeah it's starting to build like this loyalty to not just the restaurant it's what we represent mm -hmm. and that aligns i think with a lot of different people yeah and i saw in another podcast you were on that you you built an app or something uh like yeah. a loyalty program app yeah it's not a it's not a like a native app but it's like through um a third party company we built this um, this was right before COVID happened. We were already developing it mm -hmm. and just ordering system, loyalty points, you know, just a way to stay engaged with, you know, 80% of people who are oh, yeah. using their phones all the time. Yeah. And um, and so, yeah, we were able to get that launched right during the shutdown. Okay. Yeah, we called the developers. We're like, hey, man, we need, we need to, to get launch this going. it. Yeah. <laughs> and you need to add a curbside option. Yeah. And yeah. we were able to do that. And yeah, it's been great. I mean, we've, I think we've, you know, we're at like, few thousand downloads i'm like that's i feel wow. like that's pretty good yeah you know? it's fantastic yeah. yeah so so tell me let's talk about the shutdown because obviously that was a, a vegas got hit harder than most places yeah. um what was it like mid-march when that happened you know what it what, what was going through your mind um what changes did you make did you not panic and kind of let it run its course or like tell me about that experience um that was i mean for i'll a lot of people and yeah. not just restaurants i mean you know those that initial shock was just like numbness and, yeah but you know soon after that i'm like no well i gotta do something yeah like, and and kind of fitting to who what we represent once again makers of that that hustler spirit right yeah yeah that american dream that pursuit i'm like well i think what we need to do is stay active like every and and yeah. i'm saying this right and I'm standing outside on the sidewalk in the arts district and I'm seeing them boarding up. I'm yeah. seeing them boarding up. Yeah. And I'm like, holy wow. shit. I'm yeah. like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Like I didn't come here to do this. Like, and I, and I, and I don't mean that irresponsibly. I just sure. mean that like, look, we serve our community, like food, beverage, like some people, you know, rely yeah. on, on restaurants to, oh, yeah. to, for, to eat and survive. Yeah. And, you know, I, I saw the whole community boarding up and I'm like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And wow. so early on, um, so we closed the day that the shutdown happened, right? We closed for two days. And in those two days, we said, we're not closing. We're going to go back to Roots, yeah. right? Which we, we have a lot of experience in pop-up espresso bars. Like we did this kiosk now. We know how to operate an espresso machine with, in a mobile kind of format. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So we're like, we're going to post up creative. on the sidewalk. Yeah. A lemonade stand. I'm yeah. like, we're going to make, we're going to make lemonade right now. Yeah. Yeah. Except coffee. But, yeah. and so we just posted up on the sidewalk every morning we were out there, you know, in the first two weeks, it was like, man, what are we doing? Like everyone's yeah. boarded up. No, you know, we were hardly any business. Sure. And then like week three, it started popping. Really? And then we start, and then dude, we started getting hit. <laughs> <laughs> fire department 20 deep by Bi bicycle crew 20 deep oh and wow people were out like outdoors you yeah. know what i'm saying so you did all this outside so, <laughs> so the restaurant was it by law that you had to shut down or what was the we, there was no indoor dining that's right there's no dining yes, so there's yeah. no dining in so we were able to it was a curbside is what they said so we're like just like who we are like let's stand out let's yeah. literally post up on, on the, the curb <laughs> yeah i'm like screw it yeah and at first it was kind of weird. I'm not gonna lie, and I was there was yeah. a lot of doubt with that. But then they started coming. Yeah, and they're like, "No, we 
we love this. Like this is a little sense of normalcy. Like yeah. we can hang out. And then they started hanging out on the sidewalks, like yeah. socially distanced, outdoors. And we were doing that for the two, you know, the month and a half, two months. Did you do food too or just the coffee? So we, it started with coffee and pastries, but then yep. we started seeing the growth and we're like, and then we started bringing in food. Okay. And then we, we uploaded all our menu to the app. So people are ordering from the app picking up curbside they notified us we brought it straight to their car mm -hmm. um and uh and then um uh, sorry i lost my train of thought yeah so so uh we were setting up oh and then we set up brunch packages so okay. what i kept seeing was you know uh, during the shutdown it was really you know a lot of people it was good for a lot of people because you actually had time like to yeah. be mindful like sure and spend some time outdoors so we started seeing like these groups of like these couples coming in grabbing food and coffee and then yeah. going posting up in their car opening up the trunk and just eating it there yeah and so we're like man we should do like these like brunch packages and so we launched this the uh we launched it in the middle of the shutdown and offered like for two for four for six people we did like you know steak and eggs you can oh, buy wow. yeah and then we the city was able to uh, uh to to do like a temporary curbside alcohol options so we were selling oh, bottles awesome. <laughs> of, of, of mimosas and our flavors added on and wow yeah so and that was a huge success and now we yeah. still do brunch packages to this day oh no kidding yeah it's so cool because my, my business partner in, in quotable he um like i said he runs god and ford and he, he's super creative i think a lot of people have that entrepreneurial mindset you know just you know your back's against the wall you have no choice you just have to figure it out you know and you know, people were, the, the store was shut down, the dealership. So he created, took a van. Nobody was, you know, nobody was able to come down there, took a van, slapped God and go on the side and made a mobile, like, we'll sell you a car anywhere. He was just <laughs> driving around. That's awesome. But it was, it was featured in automotive news and like, you know, really. And I think like, I think that's what's unique about people like you is that like, you won't give up, you know, and, 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 and you just got to find the way scratching, clawing to, figure it out. And there's a lot of ups and downs in owning a business. It doesn't matter what business it is. I feel like they're all the same, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, it's, yeah. it's about making people happy, creating relationships and, you know, um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, a, you got to stay like this, you know, it, there's highs, there's lows and, you know, it's, it's tough to battle through, you know, a hundred yeah. a thousand percent. Yeah. It's demoralizing at times. It is. And yeah. You got to like pick yourself up in pieces and just be like, I got to do, I'm going to do this again. Because tomorrow. people depend on you, you know, you have, you have a staff and you know, other, yeah. you know, they have families and you know, so it's, it's a big, it's a lot to carry you yeah. know, a lot sometimes, you know, yeah. and I felt the same way during, during uh, the shutdowns. It was like, you know, real big highs and lows and like not a lot of highs actually, but, yeah. but you know, you just, uh, you just battle through it, you know, all victories, man. They're yeah. huge. Yeah. They're what keep you sane. I so think. were you uh, with the staff? I mean, you, you had to furlough some people or like, is yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, we laid off like eighty-five percent of our of our team, yeah. unfortunately. But um, you know, before we closed down, we, I mean, we had all this food and perishable products, so we invited all of our teams at both locations. Like, hey, we're giving out bread, eggs, so yeah. we we're able to get rid of all the perishables, give it back to our staff, yeah, help them navigate. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah. help them navigate the unemployment. We were really, yeah, you know focus on like helping them stay afloat too yeah, yeah. while we tried to stay afloat. Um, and, and then, you know, we, we maintain that even through COVID giving them resources for free testing. We did mobile testing where oh, wow. we had vendors come to our shop, test our, 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 our team. Um, but that, that was a tough time. Yeah. Um, I think it was the hardest thing too. I had to do yeah. the same. I mean, everyone had to, right. Yeah. Cause you know, I tried to make a few payrolls and I was like, it can't yeah. keep doing it, you know, cause there's no, incoming business, right. you know? So it, it was, uh, one of the things I'm most proud of is I never had to fire someone because of economic reasons. And it was kind of tough to even furlough people. And my staff is back and we've actually grown, you know, which is awesome, but yeah. it was scary. I mean, you know, just for, for everyone at that time, yeah. you know, it's just weird. No. Yeah. And then <laughs> you, there's big decisions to make and you yeah. have to make them, yep. you know, and it, yep. it's really tough, but, um, yeah. And I'm glad to see things kind of coming back heck, yeah yeah for sure and yeah that's important too especially for vegas yeah and you guys probably learned i mean you learned a lot right i mean things innovations came out of you of the brunch thing you're doing now and yeah um you know what were your revenue levels like i mean this was it like 10 percent or like what, what was it <laughs> it was abysmal yeah it was like it was you know first month was like eight percent and then like yeah. 10 
Wow. What was the highest you got up to? Would you say it was like fifteen percent? Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Which was yeah. pretty good. I'm like, it's man, it's not nothing, bad. Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not something. bad, but it's it's yeah, it was it was rough, man. Yeah, yeah. So so let's talk about Vegas a little bit. You know, the, we'll get off that topic. It's depressing. Yeah, but. I know. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it's cool to hear. You know, like the, yeah. the fact that you just battled through it, man. I think that's yeah. that's uh, kudos to you. It's tough. Um, so you know, like. Vegas in general, like, where do you see the city going? Um, what do you love about living here? And, you know, what what attracts you to, to the city? Yeah, I think it's a really, like, nascent city. Uh, it still has so much growth. Yeah. Um, uh, not just in population, but, you know, like, the cultural blueprint. Sure. I think is there's, I think that's what makes it so attractive to me as a young entrepreneur and a lot of young entrepreneurs yeah. or young people who want to, you know, grow in their lives is, there's a lot of opportunity here. Yeah. And and I love that part about mm -hmm. Vegas is and and it's a hospitality driven city, which is what I love. Yeah. You know, and and to me, like this is, you know, not to sound cliched, but to, I feel like this is just the beginning. Yeah. And and I do think that um, you know, as bad as COVID was, I do think that where we're already kind of seeing a little bit of this, but the resurgence, especially in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. um, it's gonna be extreme and i, I say that because yeah. you know i feel like there's a lot of um parallels to like you know and I, this is something that i'm you know a lot of people have said too it's like the roaring 20s you know yeah. what i mean yeah and i do think that that is something you know the living life and appreciating life and yeah going out there and entertainment and travel i really think those are going to be well summer's usually slow and the strip is jammed exactly I mean, yeah so and I don't think yeah. that's going to change much. I don't think so. You know, yeah. um, you know, I don't think it's going to change. So yeah. that to me, it's it's exciting because typically Vegas, you know, Vegas is such a global city too. Oh, yeah. You know, we attract people from all over the world and we're world class in a lot of things. You yeah. know, people just see it as a playground, but really it's a playground because we, we execute this damn city so so well. Oh, when you travel other places, even when I go back east, I used to be impressed with the service. Yeah. There's nothing like this town. No. Not we're even the close. best. Yeah. yeah. You go back, you go anywhere, LA, you're like, God, this is shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. They don't know what. Yeah. But Vegas is a world class city. Yeah. Um, so I think that just like, you know, as the world changed so quickly and abruptly with all this, yeah. Vegas is going to change too. I agree. Yeah. It's different. And it's a different town than it was. I moved here in 2002, and, and it was nothing but the Strip. Yeah. I mean, downtown was like an afterthought. Um, it was just hotels, and yeah. that's all there was. And now you have sports teams and entertainment, stuff, stuff like Area 15, yeah. you know, shopping centers. I mean, there's real infrastructure. Um, when before, it was like everyone relied solely on the city, and that's how everyone worked. Right. Everyone worked for a casino, and now it's, it's, it's I hear that less and less. Right. You know, and you yeah. see a lot of chefs like Brian Howard, you mentioned that, mm -hmm. you know, work on the strip and then open up their own spots. And right. there's just so much great, great food and things to do. You yeah, know? no, for sure. So what are some things you like to do outside of work? Are you working seven days a week? Or? You know, that's, that's been my schedule <laughs> yeah. these last few months because yeah. of, you know, everything going on now in, in the job market. Yeah. Um, but, you know, typically I, I'm a homebody too. Like yeah. I like to go out, but I'm, I'm always out for work. So sure. like, I like to just go home and chill. chill. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, I love going out to restaurants. Actually yeah. yesterday, I just went to this new spot. I loved it so much. I'll plug it because the chef came <laughs> out, even said hi. He was great. You could just see his passion. Garlic yuzu, which is a- oh, okay. I've heard of that one yeah yeah, yeah. up in Everyone. southwest by yeah. my by my hood yeah and um man what a great solid menu fresh ingredients uh and and just well executed cool intimate spot yeah and uh yeah so like trying new restaurants i love yeah. doing that um have you, you been know. to edo edo yes that place it's same kind of thing i was so i was super impressed. i took my I wife know. and i went on a date and um escaped the children and, <laughs> and went there and uh I w it was rare that you in Vegas even that were in the, it, that you see the owner there or that, you know how welcome there. That was one thing about the East Coast that every restaurant owner the the owner was like yeah they live there yeah they live there yeah and it, and it was kind of unique to see that I thought and and in that place it was the execution was great yeah. you know that spot's great too yeah man. it's a good spot yeah, it's tiny though it's hard to get a super tiny spot yeah, and yeah. called like three times and never get in yeah so. uh, they're probably gonna grow eventually they're, yeah they're busy I think oh yeah definitely yeah. But yeah, there's always new stuff popping up, which is mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. Yeah. So. Even in in the arts district, man, like I can't even keep track. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I haven't been to like half the places in my own you in know your own arts neighborhood. Yeah. No, because they're, they're the pace 
that they're opening up is like fast, very really fast paced moving and yeah. So it's great. There's always something new to do in Vegas, right? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. haven't even been to Resorts World yet. I went once. Yeah. It was all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, the venues are cool, but it kind of felt like um parts of it felt like you're in a mall almost. I don't sure. know. It was just my vibe, but when I was yeah. I went to um Macau a few years ago, which yeah. is like a weird kind of like yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Redheaded, you know, cousin. Yeah. And uh like that's the vibe. Like I think cuz I I think Resorts World is like more like an Asian kind it, it's of It's supposed to be. You don't feel like you know when you go to the wind there's like a vibe. Yeah. I, when I walked in I was like I I didn't feel anything, you know? It didn't have that like Yeah. This is what it is or yeah. this is what I feel. It, it was different. I didn't I didn't spend enough time there, yeah. but but it was okay. Yeah. I thought, yeah. I got to check it out. Yeah. They have yeah. a lot of restaurants. The restaurants are supposed to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. They're actually building, I think Sean Christie's building like a 14,000 square foot, like multi-level steakhouse there or something wow. like that. Yeah. Who's so, is that? He, he used to, I used to work for him actually. Oh. He used to be a partner in Light Group. Gotcha. Oh, Back yeah, in the day. Yeah. 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 yeah which wow. I think Hakkasan got him. I'm, mm. That's how old I am is that the company <laughs> I work for is, doesn't even exist anymore. And <laughs> well, I think Tao yeah. got Hakkasan. They, yeah. they bought him out. Yeah. 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 Now it's yeah. all Tao. Yep. Yep. So cool, man. Well, I appreciate you coming out. Tell everyone where they can find you and like, you know, tell us a little bit more about. Yeah. 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 And I appreciate you guys having me. So yeah. uh, uh, more about makers and finders on our website, makerslv.com. We love social media, Instagram, TikTok at makerslv. Um, we have the uh, three locations for makers and finders, the arts district, downtown Summerlin and at area 15 um, next to uh, across from wild muse, boutique and then uh, we our sister location sister concept take it easy roasters that's in chinatown it's a tucked away little Check hidden gem yeah, yeah it's a little hidden gem you gotta you gotta do a little scavenger hunt to find it <laughs> but once you find it uh, yeah. i promise you it's 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 unlike anything else uh, that we that vegas has to offer and uh, find out more about them on TakeItEasyRoasters.com at TakeItEasyRoasters on social media awesome man well you're super inspiring story i mean from your childhood and your upbringing to you know all the things you've accomplished and you're you're a young dude so you got a <laughs> Thanks, lot more man. to do so yeah it was awesome meeting you and i appreciate uh, it appreciate you having on yeah, yeah. thank you for having me Thanks, i really man. enjoyed it